This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, one hundred million angels singing. Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns when the man comes around. Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying it's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In measured a hundredweight and penny pounds. Okay, uh, thank you. It's Thursday, 1 December, the year of our Lord, 2022. Last night, 
Write that date down, 30 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. Four and a half hours last night, Neuralink, Elon Musk, his side gig. And I think I'm going to give you signal, not noise. The Twitter thing's a side gig, a super side gig, okay? This guy's, and I've got a lot of problems with Elon Musk, but he is the Thomas Edison of our age. He's clearly an engineering genius in the management of engineers. It was incredibly impressive shocking dangerous today you know even drudge had up uh these uh these ex- they talk about the experiments to the to the to the animals yes but that's you know that's animal experimentation that's a whole subset of what people deal with so today by the way that was the johnny cash version the original version of a song by johnny cash today we had the cover of smart enough a great not a great number certain members of the war and posse could tell that that was not johnny cash's voice that's actually a cover that I was going to use in the film I made with um, Phil Robertson called The Torchbearer. That film was supposed to be in a huge premiere and rolled out. It was supposed to come out two weeks. We had worked on it for a year in Rome and Athens and all over the place. Two weeks before uh, I took over the Trump campaign in in 16, and we just had to kind of postpone everything because I was a little occupied in mid-August of 2016. Uh, And so that's the Johnny Cash version. And I don't think anything could sum up kind of what we have gone through last night and today and to look at this and of all the stuff we cover we only try to cover the most important stuff whether it's about ukraine or what's happening in arizona or what's happening at capital markets and we try to give you a deep understanding of you know the inverted yield curve and terminal value and inflation so that you have the same kind of construct and concepts that the experts have you know two years ago i took a guy that had been reading particularly the federalist the great site over there, a guy named Joe Allen, and I talked to him. I said, I need you over here in War Room to be our editor full-time to start talking about the get. We need to get to the really in back of this transhumanism thing because this is it. This is the most important thing of all, everything we're dealing with. The administrative state, the 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 the, uh, the collapse of our country, all of it. Because we are here in a point in time and we keep talking about this thing called the singularity, the convergence of you know uh, biotechnology and CRISPR, quantum computing, regenerative robotics, artificial intelligence, and artificial general intelligence. Um, you know all of it the converging on this point called the singularity. And people, it's like oh, it's twenty five years from now, it's fifty years from now, it's a hundred years from now. Well, it's coming. It's coming quicker. I mean, last night the presentation was man machine merger, the computer, and I mean he he goes to this thesis. That we play that you're already a, a de facto cyborg now. So here's what we decide. I got Joe Allen. Joe, give us your setup because I've asked Dr. Taylor Marshall because uh, this morning you know, I quoted scripture revelation um, in about come and see one of the most powerful of so many powerful phrases and lines and constructs in the in the Holy Bible, the Old and the New Testament. It's one of the most powerful. A lot of people have stayed away from reading Revelation. A lot of people, that's conspiracy theory. It's wing nut stuff. I don't even understand it. People have these, well, and people have got to now, I think, start to study Revelation as they dedicate their lives to studying the four Gospels. Because uh, there's something that is not just different. It's different in all of human history. Remember, they said last night that we're a couple of months away from actually putting a chip into a human being, not a monkey, but to a human being that you actually have a computer inside your brain. Okay. Once that happens, it's, it's a new game. On this side, you're getting to a point on this side of the football, you have Homo sapien, which we've had for, I don't know, a hundred thousand years or 50,000 years made in the image and likeness of God and, and, and imbued with the Holy Spirit. And on the other side of that football, it's going to be Elon Musk and his team and what they create. So, Joe, why don't you tee it up? And I want to get Dr. Taylor Marshall in here for his uh, his thoughts and how this applies and how people should study revelations, particularly given today's uh, environment, sir. You know, Steve, I've never really been much of a biblical literalist, but it's impossible to ignore the fact that, that, that transhumanists or biohackers uh, Elon Musk, uh, all of these sort of techno fetishists, when they talk about digital implants, the most common are the the digital implants in the hand uh, and the digital implants in the head. And you put it in context of the book of Revelation, 
And the, the passage uh, referred to a beast that demanded that uh, every man and woman take a mark in order to buy or sell, you know, in order to participate in society. I, I think it was probably as valid uh, in the time of Nero uh, as it is now, but it's impossible to ignore. I think the reason that uh, people look out on the world and, and look at the advancement of technology, uh, they, they think about like this beast whose uh, kind of inanimate image uh, somehow manages to speak. Um, it, it, it reflects the images in the book of Revelation. And I, I see it as a perennial symbol, but I, I definitely understand why there's an end times feel to our era. When you look at the presentation that Elon Musk gave, uh, he really was much more uh, forthcoming with his overall view and his intention for Neuralink. Uh, and, and with the entire presentation as a whole, with all the different people working on it, you got a comprehensive view of where the technology is at and where it's going. So he talked about a device that would be able to eventually in the future read the entire brain so that, uh, you know, for the materialists, which most of these people uh, tend to be materialists, that is the soul. Yeah. It reads the entire soul. And he talked about it being an input output device, meaning yeah. that it would be able to read the entire brain but also to transmit information into the brain and to do so through artificial intelligence in order to communicate directly with artificial intelligence system, with basically with disembodied yeah. spirits, to put it in religious terms. So, yeah, all of this is, is beyond yeah. terrifying. I want to get I want to I want to get into I want to get into I want to get in the end. Twitter is a tinker toy. That's a side gig he's playing around with. That's a tinker toy. It's a tinker toy. His SpaceX and these other things, Tesla, this is some of the most complicated. If you sat through the engineering presentation, the distilled version that morons like myself can understand, this is so sophisticated. They've worked on this so hard. There's so many years more advanced than anybody thought, right? This is the main event. He is changing the core of what it means to be human. I want that to sink in. This is their this is their this is their talking. And his concept is that I'm doing this so we can get ahead of artificial intelligence and you're already a quasi cyborg now because of your attachment to your cell phone and how you can't even leave the house without your cell phone. Dr. Taylor Marshall, you've dedicated your life to things that, that Joe and I have not. Uh spiritual things and particularly uh the um the living word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Obviously, the most complicated and, and, quite frankly, I think confusing book of the of the Bible is Revelation. You have done when you came on here before and said, "Hey, you got to understand the whole Testament and all that." Just when you see Elon Musk, you see the presentation last night. How should people take that, particularly in relation to uh, to the Bible and to uh, Revelation, sir? Well, when I saw Elon Musk, I thought this is Doctor Frankenstein. This is creating a monster that we will never be able to put back in his cage. And I think it's interesting when you look at the book of Revelation and you look at Revelation 13 is really what we're talking about. We're talking about the beast, the mark of the beast. Also, the beast makes an image that can talk to the whole world. In the time of Christ and the apostles, that seemed impossible. I mean, right now you are you and I are talking to each other in an image thousands of miles apart. I mean, technology is advancing. I think one of the keys here is what is the mark of the beast? It's 666. Everybody knows that. Why 666? Well, we know seven is the holy number. The book of Revelation has seven seals, seven trumpets, seven plagues. We have a 777 in the book of Revelation. But 666 is one less of God's holiness. But also it was day six when God created Adam and Eve. So six is the number of humanity, of mankind, and, and we're called by God to join him in heaven, in the sanctity of heaven with him. And the 666 is the sign of the beast, the number of the beast that is focused on what it means to be man without God, fallen man. And I think that's what this whole pursuit is of, of a, of a techno-human trying to gain eternal life or 
divine knowledge or omniscience or what, whatever it's going to be tried to achieve this technology. It is the deification of man, but not on God's terms, on man's term. And that's why it's 666. Joe, I want to bring you back here for a second. We don't, and one of the reasons I brought you over here was the way you kind of factually lay things out and don't get ahead of things. Um, we don't have our tenfold hat on. I mean, we pride ourselves in the word. And I've always prided myself in my life to focus on those things that are the most important and not the things people are talking about, but things that, that have great changes to it, that lead to great changes. Um, what, what Dr. Marshall just said right there is that they have been maniacally focused, and we talked about this whole transhumanism thing when they're talking, and they used yesterday, they, they talked about the paraplegics, and they talked about the blind, and they talked about, um, you know, putting this chip in, it was going to be so helpful to people with Lou Gehrig's disease and all that. They're talking about it all the time. That's just a cover. That's not what this is about. The All these techno-oligarchs are all dead spiritually, and they're all stone-cold atheists. They think, man, and they are maniacally focused on living forever, themselves living forever. This is why it's uploading themselves into some digital, uh, their brain into some digital universe or whatever. That is what the focus is. And they are creating, they call them techno-human beings. This, this is, and it's not science fiction anymore. Last night for four and a half hours with a very sophisticated team of engineers, they went through and they did open questions and answers. And Joe, you and I were a little shocked about how open they were about where this is heading and how far they're advanced. Joe Allen. You know, uh, to, to riff off of Taylor Marshall's point about man seeking to become God, uh, it, it really is a central theme in the transhumanist literature uh, in, in their various lectures and conferences. Almost to a man, with, there are exceptions, almost to a man, they talk about creating artificial intelligence systems that are so powerful, so intelligent, that they are, in fact, gods. Elon Musk talked about uh, the reasoning behind Neuralink is so that human beings can keep up with artificial intelligence systems that are smarter than human beings. So that then human beings become, in some sense, divinized in that paradigm. They become as those gods, as those digital gods. And, and that goes from everyone from Kurzweil to Ben Goetzel, uh, to Max Moore. And then you also find it in the more normie sort of tech uh, community. So you have, uh, for instance, Eric Schmidt in his book, um, The Age of AI, talks about how the expansive knowledge that uh, artificial intelligence will grant human beings, it's akin to what the Gnostics desired. And uh, you, you find it in, in Mark Zuckerberg in his desire to integrate the metaverse or virtual and augmented reality into church services. And uh, with uh, uh, Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk's predecessor, he described Twitter as a global consciousness, right? This sort of uh, mystical expression of all human minds. And it's in essence, a sort of pantheistic God being. So uh, it runs through all of it. I think uh, Voltaire said, uh, if God didn't exist, it would be necessary to create him. And, uh, you know, he was being tongue in cheek. But in this situation, you have men who believe that God does not exist and find it necessary to create him. So, Taylor Marshall, given that, what is one to do? What are, what are people supposed to do here? Because obviously we're going we're to have a fight and, and talk about getting this stuff out of the omnibus bill and, you know, reversing the executive order that has a whole of government approach. And we're going to fight at one level that you got to have the weapons labs open. It have to be reviewed. They have to be congressional investigations and stuff's got to be shut down. Uh, but they're not going to stop. So what is a Christian to do here? What, what is step one? What is your recommendation, sir? Well, I think we need to ask, you know, the philosophical question, which is always why and how. Why is this needed and how will it be implemented? And I, I agree with you, Steve. I think the whole idea of, you know, making the blind see and the lame walk. I mean, that's just messianic language. I think it it calls into question uh, that this is this is this sounds antichristic. This sounds antichristic. And. It's false messianism, and I think we need to ask, why is this necessary? How will it be accomplished? I mean, how, how many dozens of monkeys have already died? That raises the question, how many humans are going to die 
in trials in which they try to perform this? And then can we just get back to the basic Christian understanding of what does it mean to be a man or a woman in the image and likeness of God? And what is it? What is the purpose of being human? And it's not to live forever, you know, with electrodes coming out of your neck and chips in your head and and downloading all this information. I mean, we already have enough, you know, mental illness by being on social media. Why wire it into our brains hardwired? This it seems very irresponsible. And of course, these things always seem fun and neat and interesting. Like look at Jurassic Park kind of the modern day Frankenstein. Oh, wouldn't it be neat if we could walk with dinosaurs? And then the whole film, the whole series is a commentary on human pride. We think that we can, you know, take something divine like creation and magnify it and experience it. And it, it turns, it turns wrong. So this is, this is either going to fail or this, I think really does sort of roll down the red carpet for the apocalypse. Yeah, I think this is the dividing line. I think this is where you're going to see, I mean, it's the vaccines, all this, but you can see it all, I can see it quite clearly, how it's all coming together. And it's an unbridgeable gap. There's, it is unbridgeable. It's clear now more than ever, not just on the level of, of I don't want to call superficial politics, but political discourse or political things. It's, it's, it, it's a spiritual war, but it's so much even deeper than that. Um, how do people, you wrote this amazing book on the apocalypse and we had you on people were blown away. How, how do people get into this? Cause I think now more than ever, not just, uh, the new and old Testament, you made the great point that, Hey, you got to understand the old Testament, which most Catholics. And I think even a lot of evangelical Christians, the reason I made the movie with, um, Phil Robertson, he really knows the old Testament. And in fact, the film was called the Torchbearer, and it really was him going back and, and talking about the, the old Testament, a lot of it. So. I'd learned a lot in that, but how do people, your book, how do people get into the, because Revelations is quite dense, right? Very poetic yeah. and some moving images, but, but quite dense to follow. How do people get into it? The book of Revelation is the most difficult book of the Bible because of all the books in the Bible, in particular the New Testament, it requires that you already have an advanced knowledge of the Old Testament, that you've read the you know, the prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and the minor prophets. And, you know, the whole history of Moses and David, you have to know all that. So what I want to do is put together a book. It's called Antichrist and Apocalypse, and it uses all the illusions made in the book of Revelation from the Old Testament, where they came from, what they mean, what are the prophetic symbols. And once you kind of understand that, you've you have actually cracked the code because you're understanding the Old Testament prophetic apocalyptic language, and now you're understanding it in the context of Jesus Christ as the Messiah and how it's fulfilled. And so I didn't want to be sensational or fantastic with all the info. I just took the church fathers and the Old Testament, New Testament, and kind of just put it together verse by verse, uh, showing where everything's coming from. And then that way, when you're looking at all these puzzle pieces, you can start putting together the outline, you know, the border and, and filling in with the different colors, and it starts to make sense. And I think Ultimately, the apocalypse is a book of hope. It's a book of strength, of power. And as you turn page by page through it, you see the people who truly love God, serve God, they are victorious. Do they suffer? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. I mean, just read the sections on the beast, Mark of the Beast, all these things. It will be very difficult. But as you turn through the pages, you see Christ wins, his people wins, God wins. It's actually very hopeful and it will happen. We just have to ask ourselves, will we believe, will we love, will we hope to make it through, to stay close to God, to hold his hand all the way through? And if the answer is yes, I'm not going to have a, a chip or a device put into my head, God willing. Um, I'm going to live for a heavenly reality and not for a perpetual techno reality that they're going to create through a metaverse or through chips or whatever they're going to come up with next. Uh, Taylor Marshall, how do people get to you, uh, your writings, uh, your social media and this amazing book? Yeah, they can get the book Antichrist and Apocalypse over at Amazon.com. It's a number one bestseller in several categories. It's available there. And you can follow me on YouTube at Dr. Taylor Marshall. I have to do a daily podcast over there and, and look forward to seeing people there. Dr. Taylor Marshall, thank you very much for joining us in the war. I appreciate it. Thank you. Joe Allen, 
Uh, you've covered this for a long time. I want to put this in perspective, and I, I want to hold you through the break, and I've got uh, Dave Walsh and Crom Carmichael are going to join me on the other side. Um, how much far, and this is why I said that Twitter, the engineering Twitter is a tinkertory. A tinkertory. That's why a guy like Elon Musk, they didn't let half the staff go. He doesn't care. Bring some guys over from, uh, from Tesla as the programmers. I mean, he is an idiot savant. Clearly, from the managerial of massive engineering talent is extraordinary. You got to give the, the devil his due. Because last night, that presentation, um, I was not prepared of how detailed it was going to be. And like I said, I, I understand very little of this, although I pride myself in being able to kind of think things through and get it. But how much, we got about uh, 45 seconds here. How farther down the road was he than you, who covers this all the time, thought he was going to be, sir? Quite a bit. Uh, it was a lot different from his presentation of Optimus the Robot, which was just ridiculous, uh, even though in the long term, that's also of a tremendous concern. It was really, really impressive, I think, the uh, degree to which they have kind of uh, been able to uh, hone a technology that has been used by other companies. Uh, but it's because Neuralink uh, utilizes all of those different threads. We can go into that after the break. But because it has a thousand threads and potentially some 36,000 threads, uh, it will be far, far, far superior to what Synchron and BlackRock Neurotech already have in people's heads. Um, Joe Allen, stick around. Uh, we're going to have Dave Walsh, Crom uh, Carmichael are going to join us, and uh, Joe's going to stick around. Short commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandit to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Okay. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat, that's S-A-T, 123.com, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. Offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This is an amazing price, so get it while you can. 
These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, here's one of the things, and by the way, you know, we have Dr. Navarro on kind of a special project right now. It's one of the reasons he had been on the show as, as much as normally, you know, normally on every couple of days. Uh, we've got, um, he's still working away, obviously, with the war room, uh, engine room. Um, Joe Allen's also going to be taking uh, some time to focus on a project. We've got him on, so he won't quite be on as much as you're normally used to him or putting up as many articles. Uh, but um, he will be coming up with these events. Here's one of the things about the media reporting. You even see it. If you go to my getter, I've got the Drudge Mac Daddy today. Here's what, Joe, what concerned me. I've got Dave Walsh coming on a second about energy. And you're seeing the same problem. And it's not about the mainstream media. Are they fair? Are they not fair? It's like there's such lightweights now. They don't even know how to. And right now, I think there's a live stream or something on SBF. And it's the citizen journalists that are asking the tough, detailed questions. Right. And these regular journalists are just like they just don't even have the gravitas or they don't have the knowledge or they don't have the guts or the gumption, as my mother used to say, to go ahead and ask these questions last night. And I realized it was a selected crowd. What we did, and I'm really proud, this is what Getter gives us the opportunity to do, is we live streamed. We picked up their live stream and had the pot 27,000 people, you know, relatively late at night for four hours and very few people left. And, and Grace and Mo kind of ran it. Joe was the host of it. And did great uh, commentary before and after. But here's what got me. And I realized it was a selected thing. The questions weren't nearly as sophisticated as the questions we have come with the live stream and the questions you would have asked. Although it was a very detailed presentation, did a good job. But I found what, and this tells us what the modern world is like. Today, and this thing is so important about us as a species and it ties together. You kind of see the world clearer when you understand what they're trying to accomplish and cut out the cant and the rhetoric. Most of the media, including the Drudge Link, was about the experimentation on the monkeys, right? Look, I, this animal's experimentation has got to be rigorous and got to, you know, you can't do it the way that Fauci and some of these other guys did. But that is to miss the point. It's not about the monkeys. It's not about the apes. This is about the Homo sapiens. I mean, they had the line in there, and he uses a throwaway line, but it was meant for everybody in this audience. If the ape behaves itself and does his thing, they give it a banana smoothie, right? And they keep doing it because they get a banana smoothie. That is what they were really talking to the audience. Joe Allen, about the reporting and how this was covered, sir, your assessment. The event itself, uh, most all of the questions were just simply tech geek questions. Uh, there were a few questions about the ethics of using monkeys for the experimentation. There was no question as to whether or not the overall vision was insane. The idea of merging human beings' minds with artificial intelligence, uh, mainly because I, I think that that sort of idea is so common in Silicon Valley and just in the tech community in general. I, I, I think I'm not sure where that was held, but you can be sure these were mostly insiders, if not all insiders. It was just taken for granted that that's normal. And among our media, you know, they're they're really worried that Elon Musk might allow somebody to say something honest on Twitter. Uh, I think they should be worried about that because they really can't withstand the scrutiny of honesty. But there is no real concern other than the occasional sort of um, exploration, sort of this gentle exploration of, oh, these transhumanists over here uh, have these certain beliefs. Isn't that interesting? Or, oh, look at the technology. Um, it's, it's really wonderful. We can't wait to see what happens. Maybe it'll be dangerous, but then they go on to, to puff it up. So I, I think that one part of it is cowardice because, you know, tech oligarchs have a lot of power. And, uh, you know, you can be sure that uh, if, if the New York Times came out tomorrow against, uh, you know, transhumanism 
and uh, technocracy and the, the, all the entire techno fetishistic culture, uh, then a lot of their their funding would dry up and their connections would too. And of course, they would not get any traffic because the tech oligarchs are determining that as well. So I, I, that's you know there are a lot of reasons for that sort of cowardice, uh, and I, I think maybe part of it too is just that uh, they they probably also take for granted that we're on our way to. Uh, you know, some some new high tech civilization. And so maybe they're comfortable with it. Very difficult to say. I, I will say this just in closing, Steve. I, I do think I, as much as I disagree with Elon Musk's worldview, and that's pretty much 100 um, percent, I really do think he's correct about human beings already being uh, cyborgs or a stepping stone to cyborgs with our constant attachment to digital devices. I think that it has made a very fertile bed for the seeds of things like Neuralink uh, or uh, like artificial intelligence as a sort of, you know, companion uh, or genetic engineering, for that matter, uh, to, to normalize the introduction of technology into day to day life to that degree has really made it possible for these more extreme technologies to catch on in the public mind. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave you, but we'll get you back. I mean, if he made the case for that. He says, hey, really. You're so on your phone. It's just you're slowed down by your thumb. Here, I'm just taking the thumb. I'm taking the the physical element away. We're directly embedding it, and we're going to merge the machine and the man. They are very far. And they say that working with the FDA, trust me, uh, by the summer of next year, we're going to be into it. You watch. Major, 100%. major, and, and, and this unbridgeable. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, there, there, uh, there, you know, Synchron uh, already has implants in people that are, you know, this FDA approved for, you know, lifelong uh, brain computer interfaces. They beat Musk to it. Uh, so I, I think that and Synchron is, by my understanding, way more primitive than Neuralink. So I, I, I think there's yes. a very good chance in six months you're going to start seeing it rolling out in patients who need it. And then who knows how long before they start actually getting techno freaks to buy it or you know just uh commercially t t t patients who want it not need it joe how do people get to your writings sir uh you can find everything at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab and you can find my latest article con them with kindness long-termism and effective altruism are the new faces of transhumanism uh that's at the top of my social media at j-o-e-b-o-t-x-y-z and you can find it at my website, jobot.xyz. Thank you very much, Steve. Sir, thank you very much. Can I go ahead and play the cold open for uh, for uh, Dave Walsh? My friend and I were talking. France is our oldest ally, our unwavering partner in freedom's cause. From the spirit of Marcus de Lafayette, who helped secure the success of our revolution, to the sacrifice of American GIs who stormed had the to, beaches of Normandy. I had to play this. There, um, Marcus, was it De Lafayette? Marcus De Lafayette. I think one of my staff told me we now know the uh, the real name for Corn Pop, right? That was this embarrassing display. And, you know, he Macron's over here for one reason. Two reasons. One's energy. I'm going to talk to talk to Dave Walsh about that. He's over here because he understands that you, this audience, are now the chair of the creditors committee and that McCarthy, all these guys are having to swing hard right to make sure they get positions in leadership. And the top thing is Ukraine's money's out. That's a European problem. Yours got to step up to plate. We're not doing this over again. No money. How about zero? In an audit and find out where all the hundred you know the 80 billion dollars we already gave where it where it is uh so that's why he's over here but the other thing is energy there's a big article too in the new york times i, I got to dave about you know th that this 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 war over there and this energy crisis made him finally come to realization it's not natural gas that all the allocation resources they're putting into solar and Dave, I wanted you on here because it's it kind of boggles the mind, and I'm just trying to make sure we got a grip on this from the laws of physics. You read that New York Times article when you talk about baseload and running advanced industrial societies like I'm gonna pick some random names uh, like France, like Germany, <clears throat> like Northern Italy. Uh, is it is it in the law of physics that you can actually shift to solar? 
and everything is going to be fine, sir? Is that just a fantasy? Well, in Europe, if you want the lights out um, 7,700 hours a year, and the year is 8,760 hours, yeah, it, it's realistic. But who wants that? I mean, this, this article conflates and misstates, badly misstates the reality of this in, incredibly. Because as they devote more and more to solar, more investment in more solar uh, capacity, that the reciprocal of that, the other 7,700 hours a year that you need electricity will be furnished by natural gas. This builds a monstrous added codependency on natural gas, an effort to do this. And that's because, for example, in Germany, the solar, the solar value is about 3.7 hours a day. Take over here in Arizona, it's about nine. In Florida, it's about six. Average in the U.S. is about five and a half hours a day. In Germany, three and a half hours a day. So the total available time, if you, if you put solar panels across the whole country and Austria, you'd have 1,030 hours covered with electricity, and then the other 7,700 hours not covered with no electricity. That's, that's how unrealistic this is, because once again, it, it doesn't work at night. There's a comment in the article about uh, solar working much less at night. It doesn't work at night. It doesn't work after 4 p.m. At this time of the year, about 3.30 p.m., it's over. It starts at 10 a.m., it's over at 3.30 p.m., as far as any effective usefulness. The second thing, the cost, the cost of this, I mean, the big beneficiary of this process, uh, I hate to say this, many of our European brethren in the U.K., particularly online here, uh, they're going to suffer at the expense of Americans. How so? The, the exports of LNG will uh, double to triple with this kind of process of possibly them doubling or tripling their solar solar farms because, again, the reciprocal of all the time that it's not operating, which is seven-eighths of the time, they're going to have to have natural gas running a background <clears throat> parallel system to have electricity, have lights on. And that's going to be natural gas. From you here. have to help me. You, you have to help me out here. Because from the Enlightenment, the Enlightenment was supposed to be where the age of reason began, right? And we put away all this mythology of this medieval theology of Catholicism and all stuff, and we're going to be you know, rational Newtonian physics and move forward science. This is what I don't get. You have what is the birthplace of kind of rational thinking. France, the great universities in France and in Germany, in the United Kingdom. And when I read these things and I hear these politicians, like I say, the reverse, like our budget deficit or what's happening with our manufacturing is not the second law of thermodynamics. It's not some natural property that's immutable. It's, it's made by human actions. When you listen to them talk about energy, I'm sitting there scratching my head going, well, the immutable laws of energy, they just kind of wish away and they come up with these policies that are essentially de-industrializing their societies yes. and going to crush their populations. Walsh, you're my guy. Am I, because I don't know this to the level you know technically. Am I wrong in that? Is, is That's what's so weird about this. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not you're, logical. There's no rationality to it, sir. You're, you're interpreting it exactly correctly. They, they have spent Europe $770 billion to date on subsidies for renewables since 2008. And, and, and look what, what that's gotten them. So we're talking now about doubling that in an era of uh, no more free money, no more zero interest rates with massive more public debt to finance a double down of this of maybe another 800 billion of subsidies on additional renewables that simply only support a part of the time. And I'll give you another example of this. The article mentioned, well, oh, and you know, when the sun's not out, we have the, the wind and we have the hydro. Two things with that. Wind tends to blow during the day, about 40 more percent effective due to a concept called diurnal surface heating. Sunlight uh, warms the surface very unevenly. Wind tends to be much more dominant during the day when you have solar power. Hydro is for places like Canada where you've got low-density population, a lot of rivers where you can actually do more dam building. Europe, it, it, like the 48 states here, we're done with dam building. That we, You'd have to dislocate, translocate 28, 30, 40 million people to dam the Mississippi, the Allegheny, the Ohio, whatever. The Danube, the same, the same thing. There's no more hydro to be farmed in, in Europe or harvested 
the article mentions that as a background of yet another renewable that can be played out given the shortfall of solar. No, it's going to be gas. It's got to be gas. That's the only technology that cycles effectively behind solar. And you're talking, when you add the costs up, natural gas backup with solar is about uh, 3.4 times the cost to to individuals than, than natural gas by itself in combined cycle would be. With batteries, 9.4 times the cost. 9.4 times the cost. If you have battery backup for the 20 hours that you'd need to back up solar, you'd be at 9.4 times the present electricity cost there, which is already, for example, Germany, four and a half times ours. So th- this is this is not about people. This is about the elites. This is about Chinese. 9.4 times. It's 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 over 900 percent higher. Is that what you're telling me? They have yeah. not notified their they've not notified their ratepayers of the Delver revolution. They have a revolution. Here's where I got to get to. Okay, so Macron comes over. Remember, they used to be the because Societe Generale Sakjan. I was in business with them. They bought my firm back in the '90s. They prided themselves back then of nuclear and because all the guys at Sakjan are all engineers. They're all financial engineers. The way the French think, very strong in engineering. They the pride of it was the nuclear power industry at the time. Macron's over here and he's pushing about money for the Ukraine war, about supporting the Ukraine war. How can they continue to push this war in Ukraine when it's completely disrupted the markets and the supply? And quite frankly, France, with this debacle now in nuclear, is almost in complete free fall as far as energy goes, sir. No, it, it makes no sense. Um, the, the, the war, as long as they haven't been paying for it, you know, they're, they're kind of OK with it. But they have been paying for it badly through energy and their inflation. France, um, you know, we've had one reactor being built in Europe since 2007. It's still being built in Flamanville. Arriva is the last company left in Europe that can build. It's French-owned, French government-owned now. Macron owns Arriva, the only nuclear capacity in, in Europe for plant building. Siemens was in it when, when Merkel announced the end of nuclear power plants in Germany. They quit nuclear plant building. So we're left with Arriva. They're, they're 15 years into a project. It's 10 billion euro over budget, the one reactor Europe is attempting to build. So you've got that. That drove the bankruptcy of EDF into, into Macron's hands. Um, so he's he's now advocated, as you know, the an era of scarcity. And let's get used to it because this is kind of this is what we want. Well, this is what's being forced by the elite governments over there, I, excepting for Italy, fortunately. Um, this is uh, it's inexplicable, Steve. It's, it's not really explicable with any rational logic. It, but, you know, as we talk about populism, this is this is the, the thing as you as you vector decisions for people about these matters, energy, whether it's gas fired power, cheaper power, abundant power with reserve margins. And you think about human beings, you usually can get to the right decision. These these policies aren't about the people of Europe. They're about the elites and the policy of prosecuting this war uh, for for what ends uh to their benefit, not really determinable, because the benefits right now are they're hard to count. The, the destruction of the economy there. I've is, got, I've, huge. One one of the reasons I want to tee this up with how the European elites are thinking, and and it's kind of almost like madness, organized madness. I know you, one of the things that we've all talked about, Cortez, myself, you, others, about when the when we take over and have leverage and actually have the ability to drive the football. One of the first things the House is going to do is put one of the first bills will be a full spectrum energy dominant bill. I want you, we just got a couple minutes left. Given the mindset of those in the Biden administration that are prepared to pay reparations, the third world dictators, in the trillions of dollars, how unbridgeable a gap is it from the way we look at the world through inter- about energy to the way they look at it? And how big a fight is this going to be, sir? Steve, it's diametrically opposed. I mean, there are all of their policies, for example, about uh, – releasing the uh, sanctions against Maduro's government to allow Chevron to help them harvest, help the PDVSA harvest oil in, in Venezuela, as as opposed to investing here in the same thing, looking at an OPEC nation as a supplier to us instead of supplying for ourselves. This shows the, I mean, we, we, we've gone to, instead of maximizing U.S. supply, we've gone to our worst enemy on energy, and that's OPEC. And and we've gone to Iraq, we've gone to Iran, we've gone to Saudi Arabia, and we've gone now to Venezuela, and finally inked a deal with Venezuela to help them uh, resuscitate their economy by shipping oil to us through Chevron's actions. The, the, this is so diametrically opposed, it's in, incredible. 
and the other part on on the need for baseload energy, continuous duty energy here, the continued closures of coal plants, of nuclear plants, forced by by their policies, uh, just taking us to a place of es- rapidly escalating electricity costs that won't stop without that that diversity of an energy mix of some nuclear, some coal, some gas, yes, some renewables, some hydro, all, all the above makes sense when you, you're looking at any portfolio and you want to manage cost. Gas, if if we're solely dependent on gas, get prepared for very, very spiky electricity costs in the country going forward. It, it, you can't just have gas. You've got to have a diverse energy supply. And they're not, a, they're not about any logic like that at all. Dave, Dave, what is your social media? I'm predicting this right now. The first shutdown of the government is not going to come on the southern border. It's not going to come with the budget. You watch. I think right now, as I see, it's going to come over energy. Those are the big three. But there's going to be a fight on the shutdown of this government about funding. I think it's going to come on energy. Dave, what's your social media? How do people get to you? I'm on uh, Getter at, at Dave Walsh Energy. Thank you, Steve. Putting up great stuff all the time. Dave, thank you so much. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to hit it all over again. Four hours of pure fire and intensity. We'll see you back at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the world. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.